over the last several weeks, it has been nothing but disappointment and discouragement and attacks that I believe that have been specifically from the enemy. I've been mad, even this last week, I've been mad the whole week on what Satan was doing in our town, in our family, our church family. And I've been frustrated, I've been angry, I've been praying with a little more fervor because it's just not right to see people suffer the way they have been. But I do believe this, that there are battles that we face because God is preparing us for those moments. And then there are times when the battle seems to be at our front door, unexpected. It's here, it's now. And this is what I believe that is happening. I believe that there are battles that are coming to our front door and we didn't ask for it, we didn't, we didn't want it, but yet it's here. And the attacks of the enemy that have been on the people, it's just been overwhelming, it seems like. Even this last week, I was talking to a dear friend and, and just to see how broken he was of the battle that came to his door. He, would, he didn't ask for it. He didn't want it, but it was there. So what do we do in times of battle? What do we do? I believe this, that we must have a time of faith, that the time for faith is now. It is not a moment that we ignore, but we take our stand because we know that we have the victory in Christ. We know that at the very end of our life and when we enter into eternity, all is going to be well. That these 80, 90 years that we struggle with and we get through, it's, it's so small in comparison to eternity. But yet, this is our moment. This is what surrounds us. This is what we're encompassed with. And what do we do? I believe it's time for faith. I believe it's time to dig your heels deep. I believe it's time to take your stand. And I believe it's time to have faith in God. And 2 Chronicles 20 is a great example of what it looks like. Because, you know, if I say to you, hey, have faith, everyone interprets that differently. Everyone has a different ideal of what that means. But I like it when the Bible gives us practical examples of what faith looks like. Because, you know, sometimes we over-dramatize um, these characters in the Bible. You look at Paul when he was on the ship and he comes up to the guys and said, hey, in the storm, you know, he says, listen, we're all going to be okay because God told me. But you know what happened a few verses before that? The Bible says all of them were afraid. And what's the first thing the angel told Paul? Don't be afraid, Paul. I got this. You see, all of us go through those moments, even Abraham, who, you know, and the Bible tells us that he, without, without doubt, without doubting God, he believed in God. But yet, at moments, he was weak in his faith. At moments, he was weak because he said, God, why not Ishmael? God, it would be easier if you do it through this son that I already have. And God says, no, that's not my plan. And so Abraham continued to buckle down and believe for 25 years until his son was born. So it's times of faith that we need to remind ourselves what we truly believe. And 2 Chronicles gives us a great picture of that. And it begins in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. It says, After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already on Hazan Tamar. The battle is coming, Jehoshaphat. 
It's at your front door. It's real and it's now. So what do we do during these times when battles, when life just brings its tyranny and its attacks, when Satan brings these things against us? What do we do? I believe this. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Second Chronicles verse 3, chapter 20, verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat resolved. It means he was fixed. He was secure in his decision, and he was set in his ways that he was going to pray. That he required all of them to pray. And I'm telling you that when the battle comes to your front door, it is time to pray. It is not time to cry. It is not time to weep. It is not time to doubt. It is not time to fear. But it's time to dig in and pray. Don't worry, all those emotions will come after that. All the worries and the doubts and the fears and the anxieties, your emotions, all those things. But you need to shut those things out and pray. And for me, the way I do that, is when I, am, when I am truly afraid, I just begin to pray in the Spirit. I begin to pray in the spiritual language that the Lord given me, and I just shut out everything because I don't want my mind to start to wonder and to question and to doubt. And so when the battle comes to my front door, the first thing I do is I pray. My daughters, you know, they, they look at me and they know how tough guy I am, tough guy. And, uh, but we were coming back from volleyball game, and we hit that storm several years ago. And I got afraid. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was my spiritual language. And my daughter Olivia says, that's when I knew my dad was afraid. Because it's just, I have to pray. Get to that place where Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The reason why we pray, the reason why we seek him is because it works. Because it works. If we sit there and we look at the vast army that surrounds us, the only thing it's going to do is produce fear. If we just listen to the doctors, if we just listen to people, listen to the negativity, listen to what the enemy is trying to tell you, only thing that's going to happen is you're going to produce fear and anxiety in your heart. But the Lord wants you to seek him. And Jehoshaphat was resolved and said, I will fix my eyes on Jesus. I'll fix my eyes on God. I will fix my eyes on the one who can deliver me. And we are going to to pray and Jesus says go into your room close the door and pray to your father who's unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you why do I believe it's so important because when you go to your father who is unseen he will do much more behind the scenes than you can see And you have to believe that everything that happens in that closet, every prayer that you pray, every prayer that you just cry out to God in that room, in that private time with him, you must believe your father who's unseen will do something amazing in your life. I believe that. That's why I pray. Because I know that God can turn the story. Like Pastor Jasmine said, God can switch the the story in a moment. He can turn it on a dime. Why? Because he is able. And if we just pray and get into that place with him and seek the Lord and be resolved that nothing is going to remove me, nothing is going to shake me, I'm going to seek God and I'm going to pray, then all of a sudden God begins to do some amazing things. I am so glad that Jesus tells us to pray because it works. He doesn't give us uh, information so that he just 
pleases our ears, but he gives us information because it's working. It works. And Jesus said, listen, your father, you can't see him, but he's going to move on your behalf. Pray. Jehoshaphat knew that he needed to pray. So when the battle comes to your door, when it's time to fight, the first thing you should do is pray. And then I also believe not only do you pray, you must remember. It's a time to remember. Verse 6 says that Jehoshaphat said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven, the ruler over the kingdoms of the nation? Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Jehoshaphat was not going to forget who God was in that moment. He remembered that God was the God who promised Abraham this land and drove out the people. He remembered that it was God who brought them out of slavery into a promised land. He remembered the power and the might of God. And he remembered that his God is God. So many times when we get in the battles of life, we forget that God is bigger than the battle. We forget that God is bigger than the moment and the circumstances that we are in. And we forget and make him less because we are so focused on the the army that's in front of us. The vast army. We can never forget. That's why I love reading scripture and I love praying scripture. And this is what Jehoshaphat was doing. He says, listen, God, you saved your people. You freed them and you promised Abraham. Are you going to forget me? Because you didn't forget our ancestors. You didn't forget about Noah and about Moses and about Abraham and about all the people that you brought us to this point. Are you going to bail on us now? No, because I remember that my God has been faithful and he loves his people and he will move mountains for them when they're when their back is against the wall he'll divide the red sea when there is no hope of change he will deliver a son to abraham after 25 years because that's who my god is that's who my god is and remember just a few weeks ago when pastor jasmine preached about the giants those weren't the first giants that israel had to face the 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 giants they had to face were the ones when they left slavery and god said go take the promised land And Moses sent 12 spies and they come back and they said, we can't do this. Those guys are giants. Those guys are huge and we look like grasshoppers. They're going to take us and make us slaves. They're too big. But God was bigger and he delivered them. He delivered them. So when when you're in the fight and the battle comes to you, do not forget who God is. Listen to what Psalm 78 says. Israel forgot what he had done, the wonders he had showed them. Listen to what the psalmist said. Israel forgot what he had done and the wonders that he had shown them. He did miracles in their sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt. And he divided the sea and led them through and he made the water stand up like a wall. And he guided them by cloud, by day and light, by fire or fire by night, and he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave water in the desert as abundant as the seas. They forgot. In the time of your battles, do not forget God. Do not forget him. Remember who he is. He is the one who divides the sea. He is the one who makes water flow even in the desert. Do not forget your God when the battle comes to your front door. Do not forget God. It's time to pray and it's time to remember who God is and declare who he is. 
declare who he is. You don't know how many times in my prayer time I remind God who he is. He doesn't need a reminder. But I am letting him know that I remember that he is my God. And he will not abandon me in my time of need. And he will not abandon you when the battle is at your front door. So it's a time to pray. It's a time to remember. But it is also a time to trust. In verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 20, it says, Our God will not, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The most honest thing Jehoshaphat said was this, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. This is about the honesty of the situation. When you stand before this, this, this situation that you're in, the battle that is at your front door, the attack of the enemy that is coming at you, you must be honest with yourself and you say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. See, we tend to think that we can handle every situation that comes our way. We tend to think that we are in control all the time. And all you have to do is get in a vehicle accident and you realize that life is not in your control. But we must be honest and say, Lord, we don't know what to do. And then it becomes a time of trust. But my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. It's okay to admit that you don't have all the answers. It's okay to admit that you're scared and you feel lost. It's okay to admit that you have no idea how you are going to get out of this situation as long as you are also willing to keep your eyes on him. So many times in my personal time of prayer, I pray, God, I don't know what to do. I've tried this, God. I've tried that. God, I have no idea what to do but I'm going to keep my eyes on you because you've never led me wrong. You never left me. You've always been with me. You've always had your spirit guiding and directing me and watching over me. And Lord, I have no idea what, how to face this battle that is in front of me, but my eyes are on you. And I think sometimes the most beautiful thing about keeping our eyes on him is we don't realize that we're able to do more as long as we're focused on Him. I'll give you just a, a great example of this. We went to Valley Fair this last August. We had a good time, and, and you know, it's tradition that we always start off on the roller coaster. And so we always go on the wild thing first, you know, and, and then everyone's regretting eating those donuts and those lemon cupcakes, and you know, I'm just like, oh, please, you know. And my daughter, Lily, she was afraid to go on the roller coaster. She'd never been on anything that big. And the whole time, we kept telling Lily, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And you know what I would do? I would get her eyes off of the, the roller coaster. And I would always try to focus on her and have her focus on me. Why? Because when we focus on other things, we get afraid. But when we focus on someone we trust, there's some comfort there. There's just something comforting to know that the person who's telling me it's going to be okay loves me. I can trust him. And when you look into the eyes of the Father, all you will see is compassion and love and grace and kindness. His heart moves for you. Just look at him. It's a time to trust. He'll never fail you. 
when it comes to the battles that we face, it's a time to pray. It is a time to remember. It's a time to trust. And it's also a time to listen. And I think this is where a lot of times we fail in the battle is we don't listen to what God has said. Verse 15 says, The Spirit of the Lord came on a Levite and said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. So here comes this guy who has the Spirit of God on him. He's a Levite, and he comes to Jehoshaphat. He says, listen, all who, who live in Judah and Jerusalem, because this is what the Lord says to you. And, and just begin to listen to what was spoken to the king and the people. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. In verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. So listen to what the Lord is speaking to the people. He says, first of all, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. He is telling him, listen, don't let fear set in. Don't let doubt set in. Don't let discouragement set in. Don't lose your confidence or your enthusiasm about who God is because of what you see. You see, when we listen to what God is telling us, we will find a deep understanding of the the faith that we can have in God because he is letting us know his game plan do not be afraid do not be discouraged because of this vast army and he's basically saying don't let fear set in don't lose confidence don't get discouraged because of what you see stop seeing with your eyes and put your eyes on me that's what he's saying and we miss that if we don't listen he said, for the battle is not yours, but God. God is reminding the people of Israel, I am in complete control. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I am in complete control. I'm the true leader. I'm the general. I'm the commander in your life. Not the people around you, not the things you see, not the problems that you face. Those things have no control over me because the battle is not yours. It's mine. Listen. You will not have to fight this battle. God is going to defend and protect those who he loves. Because he, as our king, as our God, is responsible for his people. I want you to listen to this this morning. You will not have to fight this battle. Why? Because your king, your God, is responsible for you. As, as a dad, as a husband, I'm responsible for my family. As a pastor, I'm responsible for this church. But it is God who is responsible for us. It is God who is responsible. And that's why he tells the people, don't you worry about having to fight this battle. You won't have to do it. Why? Because he loves us enough that he is responsible and he will take care of us. And then he says, take up your positions and stand firm. What is he telling them? Don't, don't back down from the battle. Don't get weak in the knees. Be bold. Be brave. Stand up to it. Stand up in the face of the battle and say, my God is with me. My God is with me. See the deliverance the Lord will give you. Listen to what God is saying. See the Lord 
see the deliverance the Lord will give you. And this is what God is saying. Keep your eyes open and watch for it. Look for it. You know, that's why the psalmist says in, in, um, in the early chapters, the psalmist says, I lay my expectations before the Lord and I wait. I lay my expectations and I look and I'm waiting and I'm seeing. Keep your eyes open. Watch for it. Look for it. Be bold. And then finally, he said, the Lord will be with you. What is God saying? If you listen, he's saying this. He'll never leave you or forsake you. That he will be there even in your times of trouble. But we miss this if we don't listen to God. And sometimes we're we're so trying to to get over the battle and fight this battle. and, And yeah, we take time to pray. And yeah, we take time to remember who God is. And yeah, we trust him. But we're not listening to what his word says. We're not listening to what God has already spoken. Because when God speaks, it's going to happen. That's why the angel Gabriel said to to them um, when he was talking, he says, listen, I stand in the presence of God. And then he told Mary, for no word from God will ever fail. The angel who stands before God realizes that there's never been a time when God's word has failed. So when he speaks promises in the Bible to us, it will never fail you. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I go to my grave with every single thing that this world may say I've lost, that I failed, because I know that the battle belongs to the Lord and he will fight for me. And I may not look like the most successful person when I die, but I know that I would be one who listened to every promise and who has been with me every time and will lead me safely home to my heavenly place. Time to listen. So you have this time where we pray. We have this time where we remember. We have this time where we trust. But you know, and there's a time where we need to listen to what God has spoken. But I think this kind of ties it all together. There must be a time to praise. There must be a time when you praise in the battle. Verse 20 says, Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, listen to this, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out to the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing, check this out, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sire who were invading Judah and they were defeated. There just comes a time where you just need to praise God. The battle is not, is not over. The battle is not done. The army didn't flee. They weren't defeated. But Jehoshaphat says, listen, we're going to praise the Lord. And he says, you guys, you sing. You guys, you praise the God and you praise him for being the Lord whose love endures forever. Let's praise him. And they began, and the Bible says, as they began to sing, The Lord set ambushes against the men. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they turned on each other, if they, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Because it's God who fights the battle for us. And now, however God delivers you, however God wins your battle, it doesn't matter. He wins it. 
But it didn't happen until they began to praise. When I think of this, I think of this when 2014, when I was truly depressed. And I remember laying in bed, didn't want to get out of bed, hurt, broken. And I remember that year, I don't recall too many mornings where I didn't wake up crying. Just crying. Just laid there crying. Finally, the Lord came that morning, one morning, and says, what are you doing? I said, God, I don't want to face today. Look at this vast army that is against me. Look at my family, look at my ministry, look at my life. I don't want to face today. And it's almost as if God said, huh, really? And then God spoke so quietly in my soul and said, what does that have to do with you praising me? I said, God, how can I praise you? How can I praise you when this vast army seems to be winning? And God just said, what does that have to do with your praise for me? So I got out of bed that day. I got dressed. I went down to my office. And I just began to praise him. And I'll tell you, it was like the Lord just wiped away the army. Just wiped away the battle. And I began to praise him so much that it was the closest I ever felt like being in heaven. And I'm not, I'm not joking. I mean, it was powerful. God's presence was there. And I felt things were going to change. Why? Because I simply sang. And I simply determined that I'm not going to let this moment, this battle, this fear, this anxiety, this situation change the way I remember who my God is, change the way I pray to my God, change the way and how I trust my God, change the way how I listen to his word. And it's not going to change my praise. I'm going to praise my God. And in that moment, in that room, I began to sing and it just felt like God was just coming through and boom, boom, just knocking down that army. And I walked out of that room. I said, baby, what's for breakfast? Right? Because I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. I'm telling you, I, don't, I know that the battle is real. I know that it's scary and I know that it's hard. But the time for faith is now. You must, you must pray and seek him. You must remember who he is. You must Trust that God loves you. You must listen to his promises and hold on to them. And you must praise him, even when it's hard. And then you will begin to see God do something that only God can do. If God can part the Red Sea for millions of people, he can change your situation. If God can make 
a people who have no land inherit a land, God can change your situation. If this world can strike down the Son of God and crucify Him and kill Him, and then God can raise Him from the dead, He can raise your situation in a moment. Put your faith in God.